0: Welcome to Together We Grow, our podcast at Mercy Connect. Join us as we explore the world of disability, interviewing guests who share their story and insights on their experience with disability. Hi, it's Trent Dean here, and welcome to this episode of Together We Grow. Sponsored by Mercy Connect, this podcast series sets out to explore a range of contemporary issues and trends impacting people with disability and those working within the disability sector. I'd like to acknowledge the people of the Iradjari Nation who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded. Today I'm joined by three special guests who are Alison and Peter Campbell and Ben Hooper. Now Alison and Peter have lived in Henty since 2016 where they are active members of the community and contribute to many different organisations within the region. One of their most significant contributions happened only recently when as a result of their own personal experiences they recognised the need for respite care in smaller communities. Alison and Peter then activated the development and construction of Avondale Place which includes a four-bedroom short-term respite care centre and four two-bedroom assisted living units. Following Alison and Peter's generous donation of funds to enable the project to proceed, the Hinty Respite Trust, of which Ben Hooper is the chair, officially celebrated the opening of Avondale Place on the 22nd of March this year. Welcome Alison, Peter and Ben. Great to have you with me today. Thanks, Trent. Thank you, Trent. Thank you, Trent. It's an Uh, honour to be here. uh, It's lovely to have you here, Peter and and Alison and Ben. Thank you. And uh, look, first of all, Alison and Peter, uh, noting that that generous donation, what, what prompted you to initiate the Avondale Place project?
1: Um, I'll go first, Trent, if that's okay. Um, uh, as I've discovered lately in my life, that changes can happen very, very quickly in your life and and they're often not planned. And in our case, um, we've had an idyllic life with two children living on the farm near Henty and everything was hunky-dory until in 2016, our daughter, who was a vet at the time, began getting sick and... Turns out that she had um, M.E.C.F.S., which is most people understand that as chronic fatigue, and currently she is bedbound. So this has been going on since late 2016, and, and initially I was her her, her main carer. Um, as because as as the the disease progressed, she beca- became less and less able um, to do things for herself, and that's still the case. Um, so. For me, it was all about me, to be honest. Um, I need help. I need mm. respite. I need a break from all this caring while we're still trying to run our farm and run our family business and and keep up some sort of level of lifestyle. Um, so it all comes from that, me mm. being selfish, I suppose, <laughs> and being aware of the need for the carer to have some care. Yeah, and well said. That's where it started. And it was just an idea and then it just went out of control after that Hmm. and I'll hand over to Peter for the next part (laughs)
2: Uh, Thanks Um, I think the role of a carer was actually thrust on us Um, we weren't aware of a carer's role really but didn't have any personal experience of being a carer but Avondale Place really came about when we um, talked it over with the local health, health committee and Basically, the chair, who was Michael Barham at the time, uh, suggested something similar, and we spent a lot of time just travelling around different, uh, travelling around the area, visiting different towns, seeing what was available, until we worked out what would be suitable for a sport town like Henty. We then spent a lot of time and looking at the statistics from um, from one of the people with the yeah. Murray Health, and um, from then. I guess the the um, it, the idea was initiated of the house plus the four units. Um, that's what you basically came up with. That's
0: great, and uh, again, a very worthy cause. And Ben, I guess, how did you initially get involved with Avondale Place, and, and what motivated you to step into the inaugural chair position uh, for the Henty Respite Trust?
3: Yeah, well, as Peter just um, indicated, in the early stages of this project. Um, Alison and Peter both approached the um, Henty LHAC, which is a local health advisory committee for Murrumbidgee Health, which I'm a member of. So um, the project really stemmed from there and and, and some coordination with, with our chairperson, Michael Brom, and a series of visits to uh, similar centres that we were modelling our our vision off, I guess, or Peter and Alison's vision off. Um, as the project developed, there was a need to establish our own board obviously um actually Peter and Alison invited me to be the chair asked me to be the chair and which after some consideration I just felt very passionate about um you know we're very very fortunate in in Henty we've got a, a lot of champions for health I guess and um a lot of people that have fought very hard for our health services and I'm relatively new to to the Township of Henty, so and it was an opportunity for me to give a little bit back. Um, I also have a, you know, a lot of close relationships where a lot of friends have had brothers or sisters, or or now their own children that that live with disabilities, and and I see some of the struggles they endure. And um, for me, it was just a no-brainer. Anything I can do, what what I've had to give as chair is so insignificant compared to what a carer has to. Um, sacrifice so I've just been more than, more than willing to, to be involved in, in every step of the way and, and help where I can.
0: That's wonderful. And what's coming through already is the humility and downplaying, but you've done amazing work uh, amongst yourselves and with those other supports in your local area. And I guess a question uh, for everyone today, uh, and and I'll start with Alison to ask the question, what are some of the learnings, and noting that this uh, session is PG, of course, what are some of the lessons you've had with learning to do a project like this, particularly with that significant build? Alison, yeah.
1: Well, I think for for us building, well, but. Point one, the respite building, and then point two is you, uh, was from your suggestion. Thank you very much of building the the care units as well. Um, so th- our idea was, you know, a little bit pie in the sky, and it needed to be brought down to something that might work. Yeah. So we needed the input of professionals, particularly in the healthcare p- sector, and professionals who know how to build things or design things. So I think I think that would be one of the um, important things that I would learn. And mm. the, the fact that we did a lot of research told us that what we were doing was quite dangerous and, well, not dangerous as in affecting our health, mm. but it, it was described as a thin marketing area. Mm. So we knew that we were embarking on a risky journey. But we developed all these skills to um, uh, create a charity, to make links into the community, to develop a board. So um it, some of those things have just been fabulous, and and I just feel that somebody's watching over us. End of story. Yeah, that's
0: one well said, and it is those learnings as you go through the process. Because I think if you did know uh, what would come would down, to the, <laughs> you wouldn't have done it. No, um, but that is absolutely a really good point. Uh, there's always providence and divine intervention, as it were. And, and Peter, for yourself, any sort of obvious learnings? Yeah,
2: um, I could break it down into three areas, Trent. And I think Alison's mentioned the professional help that we were able to get and we needed really the solicitors to help up with the structure, to set up the structure and the charitable trust. We needed the accountants to help with the financial legwork and we needed people to design the building and a good builder of course with a good foreman on site. <laughs> um, we also um, looked at government funding. Our learning in that respect was mm. that it can be a big help but it, in our case, was not needed, um, basically because government funding comes with strings attached and we couldn't really meet... We could meet those um, commitments, but mm. we decided not to. Um, the third one, learning, I would think, would be the community sport. There's was a really big need to bring the community along with us and um, explain what is happening. It's a very important for a small town not only for financial reasons, but for the morale of the people who instigated the project.
0: Yeah, it's well said. And one of the things uh, Alison mentioned before, which touches on again about that community and those thinning markets, we do see the provision of certain services withdrawing from smaller towns and smaller cities and communities in the, in the regional areas. So as you say, it's a very important thing that you build something in a smaller town, but also to have that community support, which is wonderful. And and yourself, Ben, any, any observations? Yeah.
3: Yes. A lot of it's been covered already, but I guess personally, I was just blown away by the support that 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 helped carry us through this journey. Um, Our board was only established in September 2021, and we've completed the build, Um, and that's just phenomenal. And that is from the you know that's obviously a lot of drive from our board we you know we've been very productive there but that drive has come from the community support and and through different organizations which have have offered some support but what was disappointing was um, as peter mentioned the fact that the government could not they couldn't keep up with our timeline mm. if we were to we had to make a decision very early on you know do we do we try and chase some big grant money here to help help support this um this project um, but in doing so, we, we would have had to uh, delay our build six to twelve months, and that was just something we weren't willing to do on the, on a the whim that we may get a grant. There was no guarantee there. For, we were very fortunate that the Henty Community Branch of the Bendigo Bank gave a very generous donation, which was just terrific, and that gave us the reassurance um, to, that we would have the funding to complete the project. and 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 that partnered with the greater community and the, and and their their buying to the need of this respite facility just help really push it along, and that's to me that that's just an eye opener of of, of the strength of what a community can do.
0: That's yeah, wonderful. And uh, taking a slightly different tack, but going back to some of those initial uh, points we talked about when the the journey of Avondale Place began. And Alison and Peter, what, what did you say are some of the, I guess, key personal challenges you have faced when supporting? Uh, your loved one or a family member uh, who's living with a disability and, and more importantly for our listeners, how have you overcome them in the, in the ways that you've dealt with that? Alison, would you like to? Yeah. yeah
1: um, it's, it's not really about, for me it's not really about the disability or the nature of the disability. It's about the the um, constraint that, that places that places on the carer and their life is suddenly changed because of this person's disability or inability to do things mm. or ill health or chronic disease, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be, I'm in a wheelchair. Mm. It can be. There are many forms of disability and there are many forms of invisible disability as well, which in our case is chronic fatigue and it's very definitely that. So for me, it was having my whole life turned around and it has been. And 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 then it's changed how we have to think about the future mm. and what we're going to do into the future, in terms of some sort of legacy that will be helpful mm. to a our daughter and b the community in some way shape or form. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where where I I'm, I'm at at yeah. this point in time.
0: No, thanks for sharing that. And Peter, any any observations or thoughts there for yourself? Yeah. I think
2: it summarises our experiences. Um, We have to be at home 24-7 basically or arranging people to come in or employing people. Um, That's the only way we can cope. Friends are filled in and um, yeah, that's about it.
0: No, thanks, and, and I guess furthering that point, then when you're seeking supports, particularly specialist services for a family member with a disability or needing those sort of interventions and help, whatever your experience has been with the services available in the local region, just going back to a, you know earlier conversation about thinning markets and services more broadly, how have you found those and have they been accessible? Yeah, any thoughts, Alison?
1: Um, in our case, I'm mm. a, I can only talk about mm. my case, our case, which mm. is the case of MECFS. There isn't any support, full mm. stop, mm. other than Emerge Australia, who are the the lobbying group for this nationally. There is poor funding given to this research, even even though it's now closely linked to long COVID, and that there must be some way that something will flow through from long COVID into into a solution for. A finding a diagnosis for chronic fatigue and B finding a cure and or and or finding some way to manage it. It is very very, it doesn't exist basically. That's my that's my um, mm. observation to date. Mm. Um, uh, and it's usually hits young people. And most of your local air, area healthcare committee um, local health things are aged at elderly people or someone who's recovering from surgery or something like that, mm. um, and needs uh, a nurse to come in and. 10 for the wound or whatever it might be. Mm. Chronic fatigue doesn't doesn't qualify for any of those sorts of things.
0: Mm, is that right? And Peter, is any any different thoughts or similar?
2: No, I can't think of anything else, Trent. Um, the Local GPs, re- in our case, really had no idea how to um, approach their CFS. Um, and we really could not get any um, house visits either. The only plus side was that we were able to get medications reasonably easily. The medications were, reg- were um, recommended from CFS clinics in Melbourne initially, but they did, the GPs actually took that on board, but did not really show any great mm. interest, uh, be- basically because of their lack of time and they were so busy.
0: Mm. And Ben, you, you know, as a family member and has has uh, you know, your own family in Henty and I think you have to live in a place for 50 years to be considered local, but, you know, you've been there a fair while now. What's your observations, you know, you know, given the need for a Avondale Place and local respite care, what are your thoughts, I guess, on the availability and quality of services in these smaller towns like Henty?
3: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I was, I was quite surprised at what's available within Henty. And um, the longer I've lived there, and the more I've been involved with this with this local health advisory committee in Avondale Place, and other um, committees that I've been on, I've realised that we've got our facilities because people have really fought for them, and and that and now that we've got s- such a range of facilities within Henty. You know we don't want to let them go and 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 the community will fight to keep to keep things there like we've got you know physios we've got chiropractic we've got um, we've got a range of different things there we've got our multi-purpose health center that um, you know where we can get all the telehouse d- health we do have a visiting doctor we've 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 got so much there on offer in a population a township of 900 people mm. which is just phenomenal what I do find um, coming from, Originally from Sydney, what I what I do think would is a real battle, and we try to overcome this as best we can, can within our community. Is if you need to access for, uh, services which are further afield, you know, there's no taxis, there's no Ubers, there's no buses. You know, you really are locked in there, and you need someone to to to. Tr- to take you to places and and that puts a huge onus on on a carer that's an additional thing that that they can't they can't rely on someone else to help them with so we do have um uh things in place within henty where volunteers will take people into albury um and we've just purchased a a bus a a minibus to which will seat eight people to take you know people out of henty when they need that and that's just that's not just for appointments. That mm. might be for our aged care residents that need to go out and for, for their mental health and well being. They might need a day trip somewhere and, and we're we're trying to to just get this this movement out mm. of Henty when it's required because we will never have everything we need within Henty. And and the respite's just an addition to that and and part of our our vision is to see how we can incorporate you know these day trips and these excursions and things like that um, into our facility too, and the operation of it.
0: Mm. That's great. and and I guess the the key point there also you raised, Ben was ensuring that the services you do have in Hinti are sustained and maintained. and I, I draw that you know attention back to Avondale Place and the question for all of you, and maybe you know start with Alison again, what what's needed from the community at this point in time and perhaps in the future to make, Avondale Place sustainable. What's what's the things that you need the community to do now?
1: I don't think the community needs to make it sustainable. I need. I think it needs to be our board and who we get to work the mm. system to work in it. Mm. As for example, your our connection with us Mercy Connect. I think that that's got to be a a um, uh, shared thing mm. that we're going to do together to make sure it happens. For me, I think it's all about promoting respite, and I think that should be. Part of our core business mm. as well, um, and and see, making it happen, and I think and making people realise that, that respite is a very valid thing to do, mm. and and not to be concerned about it,
0: and knowing when to put your hand up that you may need yeah, it. Yeah, and I
1: I think that's your job from Mercy Connect to really push that point of view. Um, I think the board has enough um, group intelligence to. To realise we have to be sustainable, and mm. and I, I suspect the board will, will do that, and and I don't know how we'll do that, but mm. we're already in that conversation now as we're moving into this next phase of trying to get our building open.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Peter. Anything else you want to add to that?
1: Once again, Trent, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is but,
2: rare. Uh, yeah, the only thing. I, yeah, we have a wonderful board at the moment. Um, mm. with you know, individuals have a variety of skills, and um, but you no, know, the community probably needs to understand that, that role, the role of the board, and be able to participate at times. Um, and as Alison said, we need a service provider and staff with empathy and understanding.
0: Yeah, it's well said. And I certainly hear the message loud and clear, both uh, Alison and Peter, about uh, Mercy Connect's responsibility and and way that we you know get that uh, that awareness of that need and the service in the community, which is wonderful. And Ben, any other thoughts?
3: Yeah, just to just to really strengthen t- to the listeners. So where a lot of those comments are stemmed from is the, f- the fact if we draw back to our Henty Respite Trust our board's vision, which was to make respite accessible to everyone, regardless of the NDIS funding, mm. um, what they what they receive. So, so I guess in in terms of from a board's perspective, what we're really looking to do now, our next real chapter, now that the the bricks and mortar are all in place, is to is to work with donors. Um, whether that's businesses, whether that's individuals, and just getting some ongoing sponsorship to help offset the, the, the running costs of our facility so that people that don't re- receive any government funding to access that, mm. it, it's realistic for them to, 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 to book themselves in and to have a stay. And that's our real, to be sustainable, that's what we need to achieve.
0: And that certainly mm-hmm. is the, the attraction point. It's a mission inspired or mission led uh, movement that you're all leading there, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess a uh, broader question again for our listeners and, and you know, starting maybe reverse order. This time we've been working backwards, but f- through this journey, you know, personally and professionally, what are some of the things you wish the general public better understood about disability?
3: Yeah, I think from what I've learned from my journey is just, you know, you know just appreciate that not all disabilities. Are noticeable from the surface. There's a lot happening, you know. A lot, I think it's one in five Australians live with a disability, you know. And, um, and Alison sort of said it at the beginning of the podcast when she's, I don't think, I think she said it wrongly, calling herself selfish because she's not selfish at all. She's a, she's the very opposite of that, in my opinion. I have a lot of respect for Alison and she's not selfish. And, but, you know. Just to, to remove that feeling of selfishness and, and recognise that as a carer, you know, you're, you're you're at risk of carer's burnout and you need to acknowledge that you need a break. Mm. You can't do everything, and I know that's very hard when you love someone and you don't want to sort of acknowledge that, that you might need a break from it. And, and to me, my experience with, with working with Peter and Alison over the last few months and getting to know them very closely is, you know, is is that need that's what we're trying to to you know recognize and provide an option and and something within our town and for for people greater abroad as well like not just henty let me stress that this is not just for henty but there's a facility there which we can they can utilize now
0: mm. mm. well, thanks for that uh insight ben and and peter yourself what were some of the things you'd like the public to better understand about disability
2: I think that was really well said, but um, I can only add that the role of the carers and the needs—it would be one area that um, for disabilities, which is important. But for some people are cut out to be carers and really embrace that role, but for most, it's just thrust upon them and mm. they have to learn how to cope.
0: No, thank you. And Alison, any final thoughts on that question? Yeah.
1: Uh no, I've, I think I have a feeling everything's been said, and I've probably said enough already. <laughs> <laughs> Other than what I said at the start, there are disabilities that are invisible, and but the counter of that is the carer can be invisible as well. So our focus is about carers, not not really what the disability might be, but our focus is about caring for that person, so the carer. So that that's um, that's my, my my slant on it.
0: That's wonderful. And look, I just want to acknowledge. Thank you. Uh, for sharing that and and you are visible to us and certainly visible to our listeners and and, and I'll also mirror that same comment uh, from Ben that there's no selfishness in front of me at the moment with the people that I'm interviewing today. So thank you and I'd like to thank you particularly for making the time today and as you said at the start, you know, you're juggling your lives, you're working around uh, these challenges and for giving us your time to share with the listeners today in this podcast uh, as guests on Together We Grow. Uh, So thank you for coming in today, yeah.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Trent.
3: Thanks, Trent.
0: No, that's great. Now, and as Alison, Peter, and Ben have all highlighted, if you'd like to support uh, Avondale Place through gift or donation, or perhaps you have a loved one who might require some regionally located respite care, you can find out more about Avondale Place uh, through their website at Avondale Place, that's one au, or via Mercy Connect at mercyconnect one word dot org dot au. This week, I leave you with a quote from Margaret Mead, an American cultural anthropologist who said, never underestimate the power of a small group of committed people to change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. I'd like to thank everyone who has downloaded or streamed this latest episode of Together We Grow and do look forward to welcoming you back again for our next episode where we will continue to hear stories and shared learnings and experiences from people with disability and those that support them. And remember that it is Together And only together that we grow. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Together We Grow. For more information, check out our website,
1: mercyconnect.org.au.